Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir! Wow! <laughs> what the hell is going on with the Giants and the Dodgers, man? the hell's going on? At least last night, the game went a little quicker, so by the time it got to the ninth inning, it was a, it was between 9 and 9.30. I don't, I can't remember remember the exact time, but when you know I got to wake up this early, I do recognize when it gets over to around 9 o'clock. I believe it was uh, just after 9.30 when everything started going down, but if you missed it, if you felt like Walker Bueller was dominant in this game, only giving up Five hits, one earned run, and they brought in Blake Trinan. And Blake Trinan has, in my opinion, the scariest slider that I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) When he goes out there, throws that one when he came in for Bueller, gets the hold. But we all had to wait for Kenley Jansen. And before we get to anything that happened before they took the lead... Let's just play the sound for you. Wade into right field, and it's a base hit. Vossler in. Here comes Estrada. He'll score five to three Giants. Unbelievable. We're going to make the pregame show like a Tarantino movie this morning, baby. We're going to start from the end, and you're going to wonder, how did I get here? Maybe that's not a Tarantino movie, but you get the picture. You've seen those movies, right? Where they'll like, like, let's use, uh, let's use Deadpool for example. You may be wondering how I got here. Well, let's use the Lamont Wade two-run single in the ninth to use that as an example. Because, wow, Kenley Jansen, having already blown a save uh, a couple of nights ago, having already blown a save over at Coors Field against the Colorado Rockies. Much like the way that Gabe Kapler handled Tyler Rogers when Tyler Rogers had the blown save against the Dodgers, he brought him in the next night in a high-leverage type of situation, had the faith in him, and he ended up getting it done, didn't give up the lead. 
And Dave Roberts was doing that same thing with Kenley Jansen, and rightfully so. Kenley Jansen's not the type of dude that you want to leave out. You know, that's that's the that's the formula for the Dodgers. It's bringing Blake Trinan to be the setup man, get Walker Bueller to have yet another amazing start against the Giants as he is just a giant killer. And then we'll bring in Kenley Jansen to close it out. Well, how did it happen? First off, Mike Yastrzemski struck out. It was no, There were no balls thrown, so it was just a straight-up strikeout. You're thinking, all right, this time it's a little different. Then Billy Flores, as Kovei Chasky liked to call him, Wilmer Flores, gets on base. Then Alex Dickerson strikes out, even though he was with a 2-2 count. But then Donovan Solano comes in, gets a huge double, and then... Gabe Kapler makes yet another great decision, pinch-hitting Jason Vossler, who came in for Jose Alvarez, and Jose Alvarez with yet another do, another guy who is just has been fantastic as far as coming over the bullpen. And for the 206, best slider, did you ever see prime Randy Johnson, youngin? Yes, I did, youngin. Jesus, let me react to what I saw last night, please, and not go back to the Randy Johnson days. Come on, I grew up on Randy Johnson. Give me a break. Uh, so, <laughs> let me have my fun, 206. It's a Friday. My goodness. You just got to come in already arguing. My God. Anyway, it is the bases loaded. You got two outs. And Jason Vossler, with a 3-2 count, excuse me, he walks. But then Tyro Estrada comes in, and he gets an RBI single. But this ended up proving to be the play of the game. Bases loaded, two down, ninth inning, 1-1. Estrada on the ground to short. Taylor's got it. He'll go to second, and he just got him. And I think the Giants are definitely going to want to look at this. That was close. Really close. If the call was correct, the game's over. I think he might have been safe. So close. Ball hits glove there. That one, it's hard to tell. Here we go. Call safe. And there you have it. Wow. And credit NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio. He was safe, but here's where I feel like it was the play of the game. The jump that Gos- that Vosler got getting off first the shortstop not able to throw him out and he beat out that throw to second the force play with two outs if that play doesn't happen then we don't get the Lamont Wade two run single to make it 5-3 it was a huge huge play and you got to give credit to Gabe Kapler there for bringing in Jason Vossler at the right time, who continues to work counts whenever he gets his chance. Now, whenever he's you know getting three to four at-bats a game, it's not always the prettiest thing, but Vossler, ever since he's been uh, brought up from AAA, back from AAA, he has been working the count time and time again, giving you solid at-bats. And then using that speed in order to make it to second and beat out that throw. Now, at this point, it's 3-2 in the ball game, and Darren Ruff has one of the more exciting walks that you're ever going to see. Now, after all of this happens, after the Jason Vossler play, you could tell that Kenley Jansen looked rattled yet again. I was speaking on this all day yesterday. I might have went way too long on this particular aspect, but... 
Kenley Jansen, when he gets rattled, he's kind of like Madison Bumgarner in that when he gets runners on base and things start to happen, you know, it's very tough for him to get out of it. And Kenley Jansen clearly had a short memory. I can't imagine what that did after he walked Jason Vossler, went to that many pitches for that particular at-bat. I mean, it was a seven-pitch at-bat, and it's like, I walked this dude, and now I got the bases loaded. And then the Tyro Estrada play happened, when he and he did his job. He got a ground ball to shortstop, and you're going to get a force out? Like, he's thinking, what else am I supposed to do here? Then when Darren Ruff comes to the plate, he ends up getting it to a 3-2 count, fouls off a couple in that 3-2 count, and then with what is proven to be one of the more controversial plays of the Giants season. As a matter of fact, it is the most controversial play. I'm not even going to... I can go that absolute on it. But Darren Ruff gets to a 3-2 count, and let's just have Dave Fleming and Mike Kruko of NBC Sports Bay Area take it away. Another 3-2 from Jansen. And did he go? No! Game tied. It's ball four. Unbelievable. Dave Roberts is going to get kicked out of this game for a second night in a row. Giants have tied the game three to three. And Hickox with the call on first base on the no swing. Did he go? Oh, I. Well, he did. I think he did. He absolutely did. What a huge break. <laughs> You know, if, if you listen to the Sportsnet LA call, it's just, you can tell, like, yeah, those guys are definitely the commentators for the home team. But it was clear as day that Darren Ruff, his wrists had broke on his swing, on his check swing. The barrel had clearly crossed the front of the plate. He didn't hold up at all. And my favorite part about it, my favorite part was that Dave Roberts was just absolutely livid, and he had the right to be. No doubt. No doubt Dave Roberts had the right to be absolutely pissed at that call. You know, you, you, didn't, you don't have to be an expert lip reader in order to tell what Dave Roberts was saying to that umpire. But on the other side of that, the first base umpire, when he was going up to him, you could tell what he was mouthing out, and he was so confident where you could tell he's telling Dave Roberts he went. That was a swig. <laughs> or that wasn't a swig. He didn't go. That wasn't a swig. And that's all he said. He wasn't even having a discussion about it. Then Dave Roberts is just like, you know, saying what he has to say. But the umpire was so convinced that he made the right call, even though it clearly wasn't the right call. And this is sports. I'm going to be happy to be on this side of it. When I'm on the other side of it, I'm going to complain and say that we need robot ups right now. But this time, I'm going to be okay with it. But Dave Roberts after the game, and uh, excuse me because I grabbed this sound off of MLB.com, so you're going to be hearing the play happen in the background, and you're going to be hearing a little bit of booing. Uh, But Dave Roberts spoke after the game to talk about that 3-2 count and the fact that, hey, he definitely swung. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, he went and the game should have been over. Um we should have won that game, and, and it's a game that uh, we, we really wanted, we had, and um, we didn't. There was a ground ball that, um, you know, was converted and should have been a force out. Um, we didn't make the play at second base, in my opinion. Um, and check swing and some other, you know, the one, two to four, two walk to Vossler can't happen. 
Um, but again, I, I thought the game should have been over a couple times, actually, and I didn't. Well, there you go. And that's the primary reason why, because we all circle back now as we've done the Deadpool thing, you know, where he's frozen in midair. How did we get here to the 5-3 lead? Well, those are all the events that took place. Wade into right field, and it's a base hit. Vossler in. Here comes Estrada. He'll score five to three. Giants. Unbelievable. From the nine two five. Funny how you they don't mention challenge that. All right, I think I get where you're coming from with this text. I think I could read through it. Funny how you, they, don't mention challenge that. I know where you're coming from, 925. I got you. Uh, but for me, you can't challenge balls and strikes. It's just against the rules. That's <laughs> You can't challenge that one. It has to be the umpire's call. You can't challenge it. You can't just say, oh, yeah, actually, that one was a strike. Although, it it is kind of BS that you can't challenge a check swing. It's a little different, but... You're still not allowed to. That's just how the rules go. I think that, you know, by the time that Rob Manfred's out and he actually get a commissioner that pays attention to the game and understands the game, then maybe that rule will be gone. But as of right or as of right now, you can't challenge balls and strikes. And the Giants got incredibly lucky. This could get this could get to that point where we where that rule change is made and we look back. Like what if that happens? You know, when the new CBA is coming up and they start coming up with all these new rules, I know those things aren't really discussed, but imagine if that rule change comes up and then we look at this example as the last time where that rule made a difference. We could be looking at it that way. But Dave Roberts had absolutely every right to be furious he didn't really talk about it in yes in the the post game from a couple of days ago even though he was ejected, but this time this is where he needs to call someone out. And you heard Mike Kruko and Dave Fleming. They were they they had no choice but to say, "Yo, yeah, he definitely went." But what a game. What a game. 5 to 2. They take 3 of 4 from the Dodgers. 61 and 35 on the season. <laughs> Baseball's crazy, man. And now they got a, a a series coming up against the Pirates this weekend. Wow. Can't believe they got out of that. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Want to get to a couple of other things in this game that uh, caught my eye and the reason why the Giants were able to get this 5-3 to win. And also, you're going to hear from Gabe Kapler with his thoughts on the game. And then Fred Warner. He actually said something yesterday. Now that the NFL has rolled out their official rule with the vaccine i think fred warner was saying some really great things yesterday at his presser when he was talking about his extension but he had some great stuff to say about the covid19 vaccine and in my opinion i think that this dude it's great that you got him 49er fans it's great that you got him triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero we'll get into all that it's going to be a fun friday here on 95.7 the game call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. 
And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Been all around the world. Been all around the world. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Yeah, we've been all around the world. All right. I probably took forever there. I didn't even realize I was I was rocking to the song. It's a Friday. It's a Friday here. As we are talking about the Giants, 5-3 to three win over the Dodgers, taking 3 of 4. These last two games, you know, in the first three, I, I, I was here yesterday morning and you heard me talk, and I was saying that for the most part, the Giants have been pretty damn dominant in this series. You know, granted, you, you take away the Tyler Rogers blown save. And, um, you know, yesterday you, you had Julio Urias, who was having a fantastic start against the Giants. They weren't exactly dominating there, but their relievers weren't giving up anything. And it was the same in this series. The relief pitching can't go unnoticed before we get to what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding Darren Ruff and the 3-2 check swing that was called a ball that ended up walking in the tying run. But the bullpen can't go unnoticed here. Zach Littell, granted he gave up a walk and a strikeout. He was only in for a couple of outs and then Jose Alvarez came in for him took over, got through it, and then he stayed in in the eighth inning. And Jose Alvarez had been fantastic yesterday. He's the one that helped keep them in the game when he came in uh, before that eighth inning, before Jansen did. But Zach Littell, he did all right. And Anthony DiSclefani. (laughs) Anthony DiSclefani, dude, his ERA, the numbers against the Dodgers compared to everyone else, it's insane how hard the Dodgers hit him. When Mike Kruko mentioned at the top of the broadcast when Anthony DiSclefani was going, you know, he was talking about his two-seam fastball and his uh, primarily his two-seam fastball, but also the slider that DiSclefani works with. He puts a lot of movement on his pitches. And he was using, um, he, he was he stands very upright, has a very high throwing motion. And Mike Kruko was mentioning at the top of the broadcast, he says, oh, Anthony DiSclefani, not afraid to be, uh, he's one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive guy in this starting rotation as far as throwing inside. He's not afraid to do it, whether it's with that two-seamer to a right-hander or the slider to a left-hander. He's not afraid. He's not scared. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right away, DiSclefani gives up three straight hits, and then the ERA is mentioned against the Dodgers. We know that DiSclefani had that outing where he gave up 10 earned runs. And after the first inning where he gave up a run, 
Di Sclafani had allowed 16 earned runs over 13 and a third innings against the Dodgers, which is good for a 10.80 ERA. With these other teams, he's only allowed 20 runs in 101 innings against everyone else. That's good for a 1.78 ERA. So the Dodgers are Anthony DiSclefani's kryptonite. If DiSclefani is Superman, we can make DiSclefani Superman for today. But after that first inning, he appeared to be rolling. And then Will Smith gets the home run and uh, makes it 3-1. to one. But after that, it was... Pretty smooth sailing overall uh, from Di Sclafani. He went six strong. He gave up those three third, uh, three earned runs, but he had seven strikeouts in the game. And now his ERA overall is at a two point eight seven. If your ERA is at a two point eight seven when you've had a run or had a uh, excuse me had a game where you gave up ten earned runs before, that's pretty damn good. So shout out to Di Sclafani and the relievers because they did a terrific job at not letting this game get out of hand, especially when on the other side you had Walker Bueller doing Walker Bueller things, just striking out everybody, gave up an early run, a sack fly with uh, Mike Yastrzemski, but he kept the Dodgers in that game as well. It was a great pitching matchup, and thankfully... The game went by a little quicker so that we could get to the ninth inning. And much like the Giants fans were waiting in anticipation for Tyler Rogers to make his next appearance after having a blown save, I'm sure it was the same for the Dodger fans as they had a 3-1 lead. Again, a 3-1 lead. Let's not forget the cushion that they had to start out. Gets two outs in the inning, has Wilmer Flores on base, and then with two outs, gives up the double to Donovan Solano, who uh, then you have runners on first and third. Then Gabe Kapler puts in Jason Vossler for Jose Alvarez. And Jason Vossler proved to be the right guy because he drew seven pitches, got the walk. It was a it was a three two count. <laughs> My God, Jason Vossler yet again just working the count. Pretty impressive ever since he's got called back up. You know, you don't need to bring this dude in to give him three to four plate appearances a game. You just got to bring him in in certain situations, and he'll give you a good at-bat at the very least. He ends up getting the walk, bases loaded, and he gets a good lead off of first with the bases loaded, and Tyro Estrada hits one. Not in between, necessarily, the shortstop and the third baseman. He did hit it to the shortstop, but the shortstop had to roll to his right and try and make a play at second to get the force out on Vossler. And here's what happened. Bases loaded, two down, ninth inning, 1-1. Estrada on the ground to short. Taylor's got it. He'll go to second, and he just got him. And I think the Giants are definitely going to want to look at this. That was close. Really close. If the call is correct, the game's over. I think he might have been safe. So close. Ball hits glove there. That one, it's hard to tell. Here we go. Call safe. And there you have it. Wow. Yeah, there were a couple of angles on there where I was thinking, oof, oh, that could be out. 
<laughs> there are a couple angles, but in the end, he was safe, and that's because he had a great lead off first, and Tyro Estrada was able to hit it, so Chris Taylor had to go a couple of more, couple more steps more to his right, couple of steps more to his right in order to try and make the play, and then he ends up being called safe at second. But here is the play that is going to live in infamy. It is the Darren Ruff checked swing that should have been called a strike, but it ended up getting called a ball, and Dave Roberts subsequently gets kicked out. Another 3-2 from Jansen. And did he go? No! Game tied. It's ball four. Unbelievable. Dave Roberts is going to get kicked out of this game for a second night in a row. Giants have tied the game 3-3. And Hickox with the call on first base on the no-swing. Did he go? Oh, I... Well, he did. I think he did. He absolutely did. What a huge break. (laughs) These guys in the field... I mean, I don't know if he was even ready for that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that first base umpire wasn't fully paying attention. I really wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't fully paying attention because it's clear that Ruff went and any umpire... Look, these guys, they're professionals, right? I know they make mistakes, but what gets lost in all of it is they're professionals. They've trained for this. They have seen a billion check swings. A billion of them. And to me... That first base umpire couldn't have been paying attention all the way because when Dave Roberts threw his hat out the dugout, yelling at the at the umpire, and rightfully so, Dave Roberts, I I, I get that. I, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Uh, other umpires, I don't even think, uh, would have been as calm as Dave Roberts in that situation. But the fact that the first base umpire wasn't even having a discussion about it, he was just saying, no, nah, didn't go, didn't swing. It had me thinking that maybe he wasn't paying attention fully. He was probably waiting, looking at these other runners, seeing what's happening on the field, instead of actually paying attention to the pitch. That's my guess as to what happened, because umpires, they make egregious calls all the time when, you know, they're calling out, uh, you know, calling runners safe and out, whatever, but they don't normally get this call wrong at this point in the game. And when the swing is that clear, when the wrists had broken and the barrel had clearly crossed the plate, like that's where I'm at with this call. And from the 707, let's not forget the 2 0 pitch to Darren Ruff was called a strike when it was six inches off the plate, put the count at 3 0. Jansen is not coming back from that. And that's a very good call by you. Very good call. And Gabe Kapler spoke to that after the game. He said he didn't have a good view of it. But here's how he thought overall of the rough at bat. I didn't have as good a view of the the ball call in the two o pitch, um, but I really trust Ruff's strike zone judgment. Um, and then you know the check swings; those those can always go either way. You know uh, that we've seen some of those um, not go our way over the course of the last couple of weeks, and and I think this one did. I mean, what else are you supposed to say to manager as a manager, right? What else are you supposed to say? Because, you know, Dave Roberts after the game, he's just like, look, that was a swing, no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, he went and the game should have been over. Um, we should have won that game, and, and it's a game that uh, we, we really wanted, we had, and um, we didn't. 
there was a ground ball that um, you know was converted and should have been a force out. Um, we didn't make the play at second base, in my opinion, um, and check swing and some other, you know, the one, two to four, two walk to Vossler can't happen. Um, but again, I, I thought the game should have been over a couple times, actually, that didn't. You know what? Here's my overall take, because Dave Roberts is right, was a swing, blah, blah, blah. That happens in baseball. Here's where I'm at. I want the Giants and the Dodgers to play every single game for the rest of the season, just cancel their schedules, disperse whoever their opposing teams are, and, and, and you know, work around that Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred, I need you to get on that right this moment. And I want you to have every single game up until the rest of the season. Where are we at right now? We're at 96. Uh, so what? You got 66 more games? I want all 66 games to be with the Giants and the Dodgers toward the end of the season. <laughs> want all 66. But also, I, I will say this, though. Um, I want them to meet in the playoffs. Realistically, I, I, I don't know how it can happen. I don't know if it will happen. But if the Giants are at the top of the NOS or um, at, in the wild card and vice versa for the Dodgers, if the, if the Dodgers, you know, end up going on a run because 66 games is a lot. And we and, and someone was making a good point earlier this week on the morning roast. We haven't really seen that losing streak from the Giants yet, which really happens to a lot of teams. There is a chance that, you know, the Dodgers or hell, even the Padres can make a run within this second half of the season. Nothing really is impossible. We've seen it before. But regardless, I want to see the Giants and the Dodgers in the playoffs. That's all I want to see. Because these past four games have been as entertaining as ever. You don't want to take your eyes off the TV. You don't want to switch the game over. The only time I was watching something else at the same time, I had a double screen going for the Giants game while also having Game 6 of Bucks Suns in the on the main TV. But other than that, they have turned into appointment television for not only, not only Giants fans, not only Dodger fans, but I think for baseball fans in general. Baseball fans in general. And and I really want to see this uh, this matchup in the playoffs. I think that would be great. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. We'll circle back around to talking some baseball, but I just wanted to go over some of Fred Warner's comments uh, regarding the COVID nineteen vaccine. And obviously, he got the contract extension with the 49ers. And I think this is the type of stance that a lot of football players need to take because the NFL sent out their memo and decided their rule on players that are unvaccinated. So we'll get to that. We got Langford's Long Balls. It's going to be an incredibly short edition. That'll be at 5.55, so in about 20 minutes, but also some Warriors talk as well as I just stack each tease. <laughs> it's like I gave you just so much there. But hey, we got 30 minutes. I mean, we're going to have some fun here. Steven Langford did on the pregame show. Happy Friday, everybody. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. All 
Happy Friday, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. So, you know me, right? You know me as a radio host by now. If you have turned in at 5.38 in the morning, you know what you're going to get. And before I just randomly search up whether Kanye West actually uh, released his album Donda or not, because everyone was going crazy about that, I'm going to do a live Google search on my show. Prepare for that. But you know I don't really talk too much about, you know, the controversial topics, right? But yesterday, the NFL had set a memo to these teams. And the NFL, they say... If games were missed because of a COVID-19 outbreak, nobody wouldn't have gotten paid. The only difference this year is the NFL's decision is to impose additional penalties on clubs, which are responsible for the outbreak and the availability of proven vaccines. The protocols we jointly agreed to help get us through a full season last year without missing game checks are effective when followed. And what the NFL had decided yesterday is that they are going to be having teams forfeit if they're not at a certain point of being vaccinated. And you have Cole Beasley really being the face of this. Everyone tagging Cole Beasley, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, because he he is, you know, he he is against getting the vaccine. He's all about, you know, the quote-unquote live your life sort of thing. But the NFL had informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with the loss for playoff seeding. So that's completely different as to what they had previously. And they're saying essentially they're not mandating it, but they are saying that, look, you make this choice, there's going to be consequences. And it goes on both ends here. And being on social media during this time is terrible (laughs) because you get a lot of split decisions and you get a lot of arguments that really aren't going anywhere. But I'm going to speak my mind on it. And if you disagree with me, that's that's totally fine with you. But everything that Cole Beasley has been saying, and I'll preface it by saying this too, I respect you know, everyone's decisions because, you know, look, let's be honest, this country, it don't have the greatest history in terms of rolling out vaccines, right? As a matter of fact, it's pretty crappy. (laughs) And there's a reason why people are against it, right? And, you know, I get some of those reasons, but as I'm getting to this point where we have come this far You know, with guys like Cole Beasley and DeAndre Hopkins, too, DeAndre Hopkins tweeted, uh, but also deleted it right away. Didn't let, I mean, everyone was going to screenshot that as soon as it was tweeted. But DeAndre Hopkins essentially said, if they're going to make me get vaccinated, then I'm going to think about my future within the NFL. And then here's what happens, though. This is the issue that I'm finding within social media. And this is why I'm talking about uh, this is why I tease the Fred Warner sound here during his presser. But when these guys have people who aren't in the same profession, when you got other, you know, just regular, regular average people who are just sports fans telling you what to do, that player, 
I don't think is going to listen, <laughs> you know? It's just like, oh, yeah, that one person said so. But also scientists have said so. And, and, and everyone has been saying, look, it is proven to be effective. And if these players don't want to play because the NFL had sent out this memo, then for me, fine. All right, don't play then. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. And if you're going to use, if you're a football player and you're going to use the long term effects argument that's always going out there, how are you going to use the long term effects argument when your sport has been proven to have long term effects eventually? It's just very hypocritical, in my opinion. So I, I just want to get through this, like a lot of us do. And this, and the vaccinations, I get it. You know, it's, it's had a, terrible past and people are nervous about their past people have had stuff happen to their families and i totally get that but now the science and the numbers have proven that it can be effective and there's just a ton of little side arguments but it's like that movie with jason siegel i can't remember what it was i think it's i think it's bad teacher is that what it's called with cameron diaz in it but they were having the kobe and lebron argument about who's better and then jason siegel says something about kobe and then the other kid goes that's your only argument. And he goes, well, that's the only argument I need. That's kind of how I'm feeling with this whole situation. But when I get back to my point about how just regular people on Twitter are the ones who are trying to educate these NFL players, Fred Warner yesterday spoke about his contract extension. Very happy for linebacker Fred Warner for the 49ers. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a great player. And great players who are great at their craft and help their team, they deserve to get their money. And Fred Warner yesterday talked about the COVID-19 vaccinations, and here's what he had to say. The vaccination conversation has been going on, you know, for a majority of the offseason before this news even came out. You know, the team, I feel like, has done a great job in informing the players, you know, about the vaccine, um, you know, to try and help guys feel, you know, comfortable about it. And at the end of the day, everyone makes their own decision. Uh, and, you know, that's that's something that you got to respect. I, I am vaccinated and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a person that guys can come to to ask questions about it, you know, or, you know, what are their concerns and stuff like that. But yeah, that's all, that's all I'm truly trying to be is just a, just a tool for people to use uh, a resource. Just if somebody got a question that they want to ask me, you know, I'm always open to, to answer. And that's a leader. That's a leader right there, you know? And I think one of these players, you know, any of these guys on the Buffalo Bills who may disagree with Cole Beasley, I think they need to sit him down and show him, you know, look, you could still live your life and get this thing. I'm not going to force it on anybody, but really I'm at that point now where if you have all these certain reasons when we're living in a country that is giving you every opportunity to get this thing, while other countries outside of the U.S., if you pay attention, people are not happy with the way that their government and the way that their scientists are handling this vaccine because they just don't have the resources to do it. This country does have the resources to do it. And the fact that we are uh, some people just decide to not take advantage of it. I, I get it. I get the family history. I, I get, you know, the nerves. But at this point now, with the fact that the numbers went down, I got vaccinated in April. 
and the the numbers ever since then and i'm not saying it's you know it's it's me who started this but like ever since then and you paid attention to them they have gradually decreased because more and more people started to get it so that's just where i'm at if you disagree that's 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 totally fine but if you're an nfl player and you're looking at this memo and you just say you don't want to play because you're going to affect your team since you're unvaccinated then i'm personally just say oh good good riddance and for and i'll get and i love this i love this because i totally used i'm not even gonna lie i didn't even see bad teacher i I didn't even see the movie i saw the commercial i saw the trailer for it and i think i watched bad teacher like in passing you know when you're hanging out with friends and you decide to put on a movie and it's like oh i love jason siegel let's put on that one um but i think i watched yeah i think i did watch it in that capacity but anyway from the 209, the 650, the 925, it was the Jordan and LeBron argument. That's right. The Jordan and the LeBron argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the only argument I need, Sean. It was so good. But as we talk about one leader in Fred Warner, I want to transition over to talking about the leaders on this Golden State Warriors team. Because I found this very interesting yesterday. We talk about trades all the time, right? We talk about they need to trade that 7th and 14th pick along with James Wiseman, and they need to grab a star. And you've had Steve Kerr, you've had Bob Myers... All on James Wiseman's side saying, look, we are going to develop this kid. We have a plan. But then I read the report yesterday from Marcus Thompson. The headline for the athletic sources, Bradley Beal at top of Warriors wish list. Should he want out of Washington? So I'm thinking, okay, Bradley Beal at the top of the wish list, and we can get to uh, we can get to whether you know you feel he's a fit or not. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line to the phone number if you want to weigh in. Now people want to have the LeBron versus Jordan argument <laughs> on the text line. Oh man, I love you. I love you all. Um, but anyway, back to the report as I just got sidetracked. Some on the Golden State Warriors are watching closely the next move of Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal. Should he become available, he's at the top of the offseason wish list. And 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Bradley Beal, do you want him? Yes or no? Bradley Beal, do you want him? Yes or no? 888-957-9570. If that means you're trading those two picks, you're probably trading James Wiseman and trading Andrew Wiggins so that you can make the money work. Now, we've been going under the assumption that, and this is what my take was, my entire, my take on this whole thing has been, ah, with the way that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are talking about it, the the hires that they've made, I believe... Miliosevich is the is one of the names of the new hire, a guy who has helped develop Boban Marjanovic and Ivica Zubats and, of course, Nikola Jokic. That coach, well, he's on the Warriors now, and we're thinking, at least I'm thinking, why would they hire him if not to develop a guy like James Wiseman? So I thought the trade talk, you know, ah, I think we'd give it a year, see how they fit, see what happens with Steph, Clay, Dre, Andrew Wiggins, and James Wiseman on the court, give it a year, and then the Warriors will make some brash decisions. But this isn't just any normal report. The Warriors trio of stars, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, this is from the article, have made it clear to management 
They want the franchise to focus on the pursuit of a championship, even to consider using their two lottery picks to get someone who can help immediately, sources confirmed. Warriors GM Bob Myers said their goal this offseason is to add more of a veteran presence. And here's where I'm at with this whole thing. And this is what I thought about after the finals. We saw the emergence of DeAndre Ayton in these playoffs. Actually been a lot of fun to watch. He has this, it's kind of the same as Giannis, actually. The way that he talks about the game. I mean, if you heard him after the finals, he's just like, you know what, this sucks, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. The dude just enjoys playing the game, and I really like the attitude that he brings. He's got a resilient type of attitude. After coming back from that 25-game suspension, he decided that he wasn't going to let that rock him. He said that he was going to come back stronger. And everyone has made the comparisons that that excuse me, DeAndre Ayton, James Wiseman could turn into him. And DeAndre Ayton is the template. And DeAndre Ayton, don't get me wrong, he was fantastic in Game 1 and Game 2. Yeah, as a matter of fact, not even Game 2, but Game 1, he was great. He was 22 points, 19 rebounds. I mean, I think he was the first player, uh, or he's not not the first, but the I believe he was the fourth in NBA Finals history. I'm trying to remember that stat. I could go back to my notes from way back when, but it was up there with the likes of Kareem and Bill Russell and uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, the numbers that he put up in Game 1. It was historic. But and now we're getting even more text. Just Jordan all day. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> oh, man, it's 2021. We're still doing it. I love it. I love it. Happy Friday to you. I hope you have a great weekend. Continue to listen to the Rose. Hunter Pence is going to be in studio from 9 to 10. It's going to be great. Uh, but when I'm hearing the comparisons to DeAndre Ayton and I watched him perform in those finals, I'm thinking... Okay, well, for one, it took him three years to get to this point, and you needed to add a ton of pieces to that team in order to get them to the finals. Devin Booker has always been an absolute stud. I'm not going to go to the superstar versus just a star debate, all that sort of stuff. The point is, Devin Booker, incredibly good at basketball, a very good scorer of the basketball. It took Chris Paul and a little bit of that leadership to guide them through the regular season, but then, you know, Chris Paul in the in the, in the final moments of the finals games, they lost four straight, and you didn't really see Chris Paul doing much, but I don't know if I personally have the patience to wait for James Wiseman to turn into DeAndre Ayton, especially when you got Steph right now, who looks fantastic, you got Draymond and Clay. Not sure what Clay's going to look like. Draymond, we don't know if he's going to be that same player in you know two years down the line. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if Bradley Beal is that dude. He'd be a lot of fun to watch. And if you bring in Bradley Beal. This was a point that was made whenever the Damian Lillard conversation was coming into play. But if you do get Bradley Beal, you're putting a lot of pressure on Klay Thompson to play good defense. Because you're most likely going to be getting rid of Wiggins in that deal. If you find a way to keep Wiggins (laughs) as well as Bradley Beal, then okay, I might be in on this situation. But it looks like he'd be the guy because Draymond is the only other one who might have a comparable contract there. But... 
When I read the trio of stars in Steph, Dre, and Clay, they've made it clear to management they want the franchise to focus on the pursuit of a championship, even to consider using their two lottery picks to get someone who can help immediately, sources confirmed. I, I mean... If they want to add more veterans, it looks like that means Draymond's still going to be there. That's why Wiggins is constantly brought up in the conversation. So, for me, I'd do it. I really would. I, I, I really would. I Look, I like Wiseman. I, I, I do. But if the comparisons are going to be DeAndre Ayton or he's going to turn in to this certain player, me personally, I don't have any sort of... Patience as a sports fan. I should. Everyone would love to have patience, wouldn't they? Everyone would love to have the patience to wait three years. Yeah, hey, uh, you, you know, well, pff, you're a, you, you weren't believing. You weren't a believer. And it's like three years down the line, if they hadn't won a championship, it's just like, okay, damn right I wasn't really a believer. I don't think it's going to happen, you know, in five years' time if you don't have Steph, Dre, and Clay on the floor. Now, granted, they could build their team in other ways and, and everything like that, but... You know, with the fact that we kind of know how these rosters are going to be constructed next season and the Warriors are really the ones that are kind of dictating that, you could see some moves that are made by the Lakers because LeBron always ends up making these moves. You could see some moves that are that are made by them, but, you know, CP3, not sure how long he's going to be on the Suns. Is Campaign going to take over as the starting point guard? I don't know if Campaign can be that starting point guard. Very good coming off the bench. But as that guy who's the sixth man, very good. Can he be the starter? I don't know. I don't know what they do at point guard. I just think that the Warriors' time, if any, is now as these younger players in the Western Conference continue to get better and better and they start to build their teams as well because the Warriors already have a very good baseline. And Mark Spears, who has been as outspoken as anybody when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to James Wiseman, the fact that he met with him, he said, "You want this dude, you want this dude, and you got to be patient with this guy." Well, Mark Spears joined DRK yesterday, and this is what he had to say regarding Wiseman, as he might be the one that's involved with the trade. If you look at the West, every really good team has size. To me, that's still an issue for the Warriors, and we and we saw it in the postseason. Is they need they needed size, man. Like Valenzuela killed them. I think Wiseman plays that game. They win. You know, both games. The Lakers won and the Grizzlies won. So they desperately need his size, and I think he's going to be much much better. And if anything uh, shows you from Aiton with bigs, you got to be more patient. If you're going to trade him, I better see like Bradley Beal coming back or Damon Lillard coming back. To me, it has to be somebody very, very special. And that's what gets lost in this conversation to me because everyone is just so absolute with it. When I say trade Wiseman, everyone's like, well, yeah, you wanted to trade Wiseman. I don't want to just trade him for a bag of nickels. You know, I don't want to trade him for Timothy Mozgov. If he has to be the one that's involved in a package to get a star that can help you win now, I can be okay with that. If, if, if they don't have to include him in this deal, even better. Even better. The reason that we're bringing that up, though, is because Wiseman is that dude. Wiseman is that dude. And yeah, we'll see if that happens, but it, it, it depends, though. And this is, what's, this is what I'm going to find fascinating. We've heard about LeBron and... 
the just the fact that he's the GM, right? He's the GM of the Cavs. He's the GM of the Lakers. He's the one running things, not Rob Palenka. We just had all those reports with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. The fact that they damn near, they, they not even damn near, they run the nets. <laughs> They're the ones that make the decisions. They're the guys on the seventh floor of the office. You know what I'm talking about? They are the boss's boss. They are the higher-ups in that organization. I think if they do make this trade, and seeing from this report, we are going to truly find how much pool Steph, Dre, and Clay have within this organization. Because that's also partially why I think a reason uh, that KD left. Seeing how much power he had in, in Brooklyn, he was going to have that sort. He, he was going to have a little bit here, uh, here and there with the Warriors, but it's just it's it's astronomical compared to what these other players have. And so, and from the 707, you can't trade Wiseman for a player on a max deal. Well, guess what? You could trade away Wiggins, too. Like, I'm, God, can you pay attention to the details, please? It's just, you, you, you hear one thing and then you text in, and you haven't been hearing what I've been saying this entire time because you'd probably have to package the 7th and 14th. You'd have to package Wiseman in there and Andrew Wiggins. If you can find a way to keep either one of those dudes, Wiseman and Wiggins, fine. I'm willing to risk the 7th and 14th pick, too. I'm willing to risk that. From the 5-1-0, I don't want Dame or Beal. Don't need to score. We need height and defense. Give me Dwight Howard, Batum, and Ariza. We will be fine. And if they don't make this trade and we're just using the mid-level exception, I'm totally fine with it. I'm willing to see how it plays out for a year. You got Paul Millsap, who can be got with the uh, with the MLE, who's not necessarily a big dude, but he's got the playoff experience and he can score. Robin Lopez is another guy who is a a solid big who can give you a little bit of rebounding, but also is good in the post. I mean, you you have options, no doubt. But when I saw this and I'm seeing Steph, Dre, and Clay, if they're the ones that have a say in it, hmm, I don't know. But also, Wiseman was just hanging out on the boat with Clay. I mean, come on, they seem to be, you know. Pretty uh, pretty good friends with each other, right? Maybe that's the new friendship that's coming along with Clay. You know, we've seen it with Zaza Pachulia. It was great. <laughs> we've seen it with Andrew Bogut. Now, see it with James Wiseman. I think that could be a really fun friendship to watch during the season. But look, very interesting to see what they're going to do as the draft rolls around. All right, 888 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in with Covey and Shasky on... Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.